0: Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. And today we're going to look at how LeBron evaluates players. LeBron is our flagship stat here at Basketball Index, and it is a all-in-one metric. Basically what it does is it takes everything a player's doing, puts in the blender, spits out one number to tell what a player's total impact is. And you can break this down one step further. There's O LeBron and D LeBron, which is offensive and defensive impact. Um, and I really do like to look at those because you can kind of look at where a player uh, is ca- kind of bringing something to the table on on either end of the floor. But today we're just going to look at total LeBron. Just if you're maybe new to the stat or you're new to all in one metrics, just sort of a overview on how it works, kind of how to read it, and some some basic kind of uh, tent poles of understanding. Because that's really what stats are for, right? Like, you think of something like baseball, you know that hitting 300 is good in a season. And the only reason you know it's good is because you can compare it to other things. Like, you've seen enough players' batting averages, if you watch baseball, where, like, most guys are in between, like, 200 and 300. Meaning, if there's, you know, 20 guys hitting over 300, that's a pretty good threshold, you know hitting 25 or 30 home runs like in a vacuum if you've never seen baseball before you'd be like why don't is that good or bad or do you want to do that but then you know you watch enough baseball and you get used to it and things like chasing record books or uh having the the high of home runs in a season like that helps you understand and give you context of like who the good players are um who the bad players are and you know yada 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 So all-in-one metrics, and a lot of newer stats, have a lot of context built in, so they're easier to use once you understand them, and the way that LeBron and most all-in-one metrics work is it takes a look at how much you impact the game per 100 possessions. And so if you have a LeBron of plus two, that means you are worth two points above league average per 100 possessions, and zero will always be league average in a season. So that's really, really useful that zero is always league average because that will always help you know if a player is plus or minus, whether they are above or below a league average player in terms of impact. So that right off the bat saves you a lot of time. Now, the next problem is kind of like I was talking about batting average or home runs. You're like, okay, this player, my favorite player, let's say, has a plus two in LeBron. What does that mean? What does the scale go up to? Like, it all is relative. It's kind of like the word big or small, right? If you say that something is big, it's not actually helpful until you have something to compare it to because you could be like, well, that mountain is big relative to something. Or you could be like, well, that quarter is a lot bigger than that dime. So let's take a look at sort of the LeBron scale to help you understand kind of what's going on. So zero, like we said, is league average. And then for every point you go above that we'll talk about kind of we'll build sort of a vague tier for each one now the scale goes up to i think the highest recorded uh lebron was Giannis's mvp season in 2020 and he had a plus nine which is like far and away the best season that we've ever had um like by a lot um plus six is an mvp finalist season basically every mvp since 2014 as far as the database goes back um the mvp has had over a six in lebron and then every every year there's like two or three guys in that threshold like there's not a lot of guys up there there's a couple outlier years but for the most part it's like one two or three guys that are just you know, having phenomenal seasons. So the scale goes from zero at league averaged, all the way up to six plus, and then Giannis kind of breaks it at nine um and then it goes the other way too like you can go negative one negative two negative three there's not a lot of players like below like negative two negative three just because it's one of those things where if you are that bad like you just aren't going to be on the court long enough to uh to like build up that stat um because like the team they'll just bench you because like you're probably not an nba player um So that's sort of just kind of the basics of kind of how to read LeBron because like in in a way it's it's sort of like learning a new language where you're like, okay, how does how does this stat work? Um, It's really, really useful. So that's why I wanted to throw this podcast together. So let's get into it just right off the bat. There's 30 teams, right? Each team has 15 roster spots and. Not everyone really plays. Yeah, there's injuries. You get into garbage time, but like for the most part, teams have about a ten-man rotation, right? Um, And like I said, there's caveats to this, but just generally, for sake of easy talk, we'll say that. So there's about three hundred-ish players that actually play throughout the season, right? Um, And we're going to look at players that only. Uh, have played over a 1,000 minutes in a season. So one of the things at Basketball Index, we use like raw minutes a lot as cutoffs because like you you have to use cutoffs for things or like you have a lot of players that have played like three minutes throwing off stats. Um, but just kind of for easy math, there's there's 82 games in a season, right? And let's just say you play 60 of them. You You miss some time with injury, you know, whatever it is. And you play 20 minutes a game in those 60 that you play. That's one thousand two hundred total minutes. So, like, getting over a thousand minutes in a season isn't actually that difficult if you're someone that plays, right? If you're trying to break into the league, if you're a rookie, like, it actually is hard sometimes to get those minutes. But we're talking about players that are established, right? Players that are going to have five plus year careers, players that like you're going to remember. Um, because that's really what it comes down to on like higher end teams, right? And then those rookies that do break out, they do play really well. Eventually, you know, they they consistently get over that threshold, and we do learn their names. So we are looking at again players that have played over a thousand minutes to you know kind of cut out all the kind of random guys that stop by for a cup of coffee, ten day contract, all that stuff. So let's look at zero players or players that have a zero in LeBron. That means they have neutral impact and i think the best way to talk about this is like these are just like league average guys but like league average guys aren't important think about like think about you have a star maybe two stars and you surround them with like three or four league average guys like that's a pretty good team kind of on paper um basically the way lebron works is It's about a top 125 players in the league or above average. Again, we said there's about 300-ish players in the league. And then there's like a top 125 that would be considered above average players. Um, These are guys like Josh Hart, Royce O'Neal. I would consider them like pieces where they're... Useful. Um, You obviously, if you can trade for one of these guys, or one of these guys goes down with injury, like these are these are rotation players that um, they do matter. And if you can get a couple of them on your team, they can really elevate a roster. If you, especially if you can surround a star with a couple of these guys, uh, maybe a secondary star and 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 three league average players, like you got a pretty good squad there. So those are neutral players. Neutral players are good. You want to like fill out your roster with as many of them as you can. What you don't want is if you have neutral players as like one of your top three guys on a team, like that's going to be a tough season. Uh, Let's move on to players that have a plus one in LeBron. And again, you can get this plus one or the zero, however, right? You could just be, league average on both offense or defense, or you could be a plus one on offense and a minus one on defense, like to get to neutral. There's, there's different ways that players end up here, but if you have a plus one overall impact in LeBron, this is another caveat. So these are your impact. These are not your talent level, right? Like this is what you are doing on the court to help affect games. There are plenty of guys in the NBA that are hyper talented that whether it's because maybe an injury or maybe uh, they don't fit into a team dynamic, they don't fit into a coaching scheme, like that talent is not always realized. This is impact on the court. So that's that's a big kind of thing and maybe I should have said at the top between LeBron and maybe what people see with their eye test, right? Like this doesn't rank how good of an athlete you are. doesn't rank how good your basketball IQ is. This is just what you are doing on the court to help move the needle towards victory. Or away from it, I guess, if you're a negative player. But uh, plus one players in LeBron are like about top 75 players. There's about 75-ish guys every season that have above a one in LeBron. Uh, these are guys like Lonzo Ball, Bobby Portis. I would say these guys are high-end role players. If you have a, if you have a couple top 75 guys on your team surrounding a star, like that is a, that's a high-end team. These are the type of players, in my mind, that... If they have a big game, they can be the reason the team wins. But they are top 75 guys because they don't have a big game every night. Obviously, that makes you a star. So we've talked about zero kind of neutral players being top 125-ish players, uh, plus one players being kind of top 75. Top 75 is like where you start knowing all of these guys' names, right? Um, After that, we have plus two players in LeBron. And these are like top 40 guys, maybe like a Bradley Beal, a Draymond Green, like clear difference makers, but they are not like the end-all be-all that some of the really high-end players are. Um, There's been some seasons where Draymond has probably been that, but that's maybe like five years ago now at this point. Um, He's an older player now, but still like plus two impact is really, really strong. So I'm hoping you're starting to like understand like kind of Each point is another rung up the ladder of like, hey, you're a guy, you're a solid guy. To like you're a pretty good guy to like plus two. It's like, okay, you're you're one of one of the guys. Um, After that, we have plus three. And this is kind of like an all star level player. Um, Again, there's 22 slots in the all star game. And then uh, if you look in, in 2020, we had about 25 players with a plus three LeBron. The year before that, we had about 23 players. The year before that, 20. So it's right around that all-star range. Um, And I think this is another good place to stop. Um, Your impact in a season doesn't necessarily mean how good you are in terms of like a ranking through the week, right? So this is like individual seasons of impact versus... How good you are overall, where there's lots of reasons for this, but like I worked at pro football focus where we had the the zero or the 50 or 100 grades like the, that you're used to seeing like uh, like 2K or Madden and Tom Brady, I think most people would argue has been the best player in the NFL pretty much for like, I don't know, the last like 15 years. But there are individual seasons where he doesn't have the highest PFF grade, if that makes sense. Like, he's pretty much always in roughly, like, the top five, but he doesn't actually have the number one grade in every season, because he's not actually the most impactful player every season. He might very well be the best player, but there's things that happen, and the same thing with basketball. It could be, it's hard when you don't have the teammates around you. Like, we've seen plenty of this where star players, especially, like, a little later in their career aren't surrounded by the best talent, you're not going to have like the prettiest outcome because it's a team game. Um, You could be dealing with maybe a nagging injury in a season that could, you know, hurt your impact a little bit and then you get healthy for the playoffs. You go on a great playoff run and everyone's like, well, why wasn't his LeBron higher in the regular season? It's like, well, he had a high ankle sprain for six weeks. So (laughs) that was hampering him. Um, And then also as you age, and like you see this with certain teams, where like they are completely focused on the playoffs, whether it be resting players, uh, it could just kind of a, a team attitude of like, hey, we're going to do well in the regular season. We don't need to break any records, but we're going to be a, a a really good, solid, high end team, and we're going to ramp up for the playoffs. Whether that's trying to uh, have guys in different spots to see if you can. You know, maybe mold a young player into something you need that can kind of put you over the top in the playoffs. Like, there's a lot of different reasons for this. But, again, a plus three player is about all-star level. So if you're wondering, you're going to fill out your all-star bracket soon. This is actually how the the podcast started where I was like, I wonder if we could find, like, an objective way to fill out an all-star bracket. And then I just went down the rabbit hole and all this came out. But a plus three is a really good season in LeBron. And again, there's multiple ways to get there. A lot of the time with some of the higher end players is like there'll be a plus four in O LeBron and a minus one in D'LeBron LeBron because maybe they're just not the greatest defender in the world or you know, they're using they're conserving energy on defense. They're using it all on offense. There's a lot of different reasons, but the end result is still a plus three in impact and that is important. Uh, after that, a plus four, Is around an All NBA player, so again you have 15 All NBA slots, and then over the last five years I went through LeBron, and it's a little less than 15 players have a plus four, but it's like it's like 12 or 13 ish players. So again, if you have a plus four LeBron at the end of the season, you definitely belong. You know, you you should have an All NBA slot. I know that team is really hard to crack. Uh, it's like there's a story with gold gloves. It's way harder to win your first gold glove than any gold glove after that. You know what I mean? We're like you there are guys that have had individual seasons that were very, very good, but because they didn't have the the name or the clout, it was hard for them to compete with other veteran players who you know have been to a billion all star games We all know their name, and we all fall victim to things like this, and that's why I think analytics like LeBron can be so helpful. So again, we'll recap. Uh, a zero player, a neutral player, is like a top 125 guy. A plus one is a top 75 guy. A plus two is a top 40 guy. A plus three is all star. A plus four is an all NBA. And again, I went through and I, I made sure how many like players qualify for all these things in the the LeBron leaderboards tool. So it's not like perfectly like there are 75 players every single year as a Plus one player, but it's like I went and looked at every season it's like roughly around that number um and then lastly, so we went like one, two, three, four, and then there's a jump to plus six, which is an MVP season, and uh again, this is sometimes a hard thing to conceptualize where it's like <laughs> I don't know there's just one guy or two or three guys every season that just like take it to another level and it's it's really, really hard to see it, I think, sometimes when you're not watching the players night in, night out. Like for the Lakers, for me, it's easier to keep tabs on a LeBron or an AD season based on what I've come to expect over them over years, right? Where it's like AD had a really good 2020 with an insane playoffs. He really looked like a top player. And then 21 was was pretty tough, and then 22 was tough again, but then he came back and he looked like himself for a little bit. And he, I think he like stepped on Rudy Gobert's ankle, then missed a bunch more time. And then, you know, it's it's the 22-23 season. And again, he looks really, really dominant, maybe the best we've ever seen him. So that's something for me, like I feel like I have a more intimate knowledge of, you know, him versus, I don't know, maybe a player on the Celtics because I just don't watch the Celtics night in and night out. I don't have like my pulse on Jason Tatum the same way because like it's impossible (laughs) for all the teams so that's another reason I I really like uh the analytics because it's like well I have an idea who a lot of the plus four players are like the all NBA guys but in a certain MVP season in a discussion in a ranking this is why like Again, these rankings don't have to be the end-all, be-all, but they're really, really good starting points for sort of understanding guys, especially guys you don't know as much about. For me, that's really helpful. Like... Derek White was on this a bad Spurs team, and I wasn't super familiar with him. Then he goes to Boston, and I was like, oh, I really like this guy's game. I saw some articles on him. And then I kind of went through the history of his career in the LeBron database, and I got more of a feel for him, zoomed in more granular stats. And I was like, oh, okay, here's his strengths, here's his weaknesses. Oh, I remember kind of seeing that when I watched him play the other night. And it just it sort of helps fill in the gaps. Plus five is an MVP caliber season. I went through the math. Uh, 54 total. I'm, I'm not going to explain the math. That's not fun at all. There's about six players a year that end up with a plus five. So it's one of those. I think all those players probably deserve MVP consideration. Uh, you're going to see the next tier up kind of separates the who probably the winner should be plus six is an MVP finalist season. Like I said, every player that's won the MVP back to 2014 has had a uh, above a six in LeBron. Um, I think that's a really good sign for the stat being strong, making a lot of sense. Uh, Like I said at the top, there's about two or three guys in this every year. Um, That fluctuates a little bit. 2016 was crazy. I think it had like five guys, and it was like LeBron, Steph, Westbrook, Chris Paul, and there's one I'm forgetting, but did I say Harden? Maybe it was Harden. Um, 2016 was like a, just an insane year for MVP voting. That was <laughs> frankly, probably a lot of fun. Uh, and then Giannis has the, uh, the top LeBron with the, the thing, the caveat that is interesting, he had a plus nine in the season, which is insane because he had both above a plus four on offense and defense from an O and D LeBron perspective. So that means he was an all NBA player. Cause again, we said plus four is all NBA. He had an all NBA impact as just an offensive player, and then also as just a defensive player. Like that's insane. That's never happened in the database ever before. That was something I definitely had to like double take. There isn't anybody else that's even had a plus three on both ends of the court. So that oh, actually there there are. It was the 2019 version of Giannis. So Giannis has just been absolutely like just a marvel the last few years. Um, I'm really interested to see where he ends up uh, when it's all said and done in the historical rankings. But one thing that is interesting about that 2020 MVP season, the plus nine season, that's just insane, is he played a lot less minutes than a MVP typically does. He played about 1,900 minutes, which is actually kind of low for a superstar player. It's 600 less minutes than the next closest MVP, which was Joker, um, which is like around 2,500 minutes, which is like pr- kind of normal for like a high-end star. Um, you can get a little bit higher than that, but that that is one thing that I wonder if he could keep up that pace, if he would have played an extra 600 minutes, if he could have kept that plus nine. I am skeptical, but uh, Giannis has done some some pretty impressive things So that's going to wrap it up for how to understand the LeBron scale. Again, I'll just recap it one more time. Zero is about a top 125 player. Uh, Plus one is about a top 75 player. Plus two is about a top 40 player. Plus three is about an All Star. Plus four is about an All NBA. Plus five is MVP consideration. And then plus six is MVP finalist. We'll call it finalist slash winner. That's kind of wraps up. If you're new to LeBron and you're just looking at total impact, this is just really, really helpful. Um, Obviously, throughout the season, a player's LeBron is obviously going to change depending on how well or how poor they are playing. But uh, yeah, at the end of the year, this is a really good way to sort of Look back, and it doesn't even have to be about winning awards, right? Let's just say you are a Miami Heat fan and, you know, they're struggling early in the year. They have a lot of injuries. You're pretty worried. Let's see what happens the rest of the year. Let's see where everybody finishes. And then I think it's a really useful tool, especially when you start looking at multi-year is like how impactful are these players? You know, who do I think needs to be traded? Who should be re-signed? You know, how big should the contract be? And I just think it really, really helps you kind of get your footing when you are trying to decide on what your opinions are going to be moving forward. Again, players also change and players develop. I think this is a really useful thing. Um, Sometimes in the Scouting Report podcast, I sort of talk about how a player has improved year over year in certain things. And I feel like this is a really great tool to see that. So that's going to wrap it up on how to understand LeBron. Again, our flagship stat. If you want to see it, you can go over to the website, uh, bballindex.com, and you can go to the free tools and you can look at LeBron, um, which is great. And then obviously, if you want to see more, there's the paywall. It's five bucks a month. It's For what it is, it is an amazing deal. And then you, we got player profiles. We got just more stats than you could ever look at. Um, It's really a blast. Sometimes I just get lost in it for hours. Um, It's a good time. So fun. In fact, I actually think I'm going to get back into the leaderboards tool after recording this podcast, but that's going to do it here. Uh, My name is Taylor and thanks for listening to the Basketball Index Podcast.